MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, November 1st, 2019. Today, multiple State Department officials are deposed. Trump is essentially paying Republican senators to back him on impeachment. An update on Sundland and court hearings are underway for Kupperman and McGann. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. It is Halloween. Ooh, spooky. Well, it won't be by the time you hear this, but right now it is. Yes. That's true. I feel spooky in the studio. Yes. yes. And if you uh, are listening to this and you're not a patron and you're getting it in the morning, you have a sugar hangover. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I've already had one like every day this week because I eat the Halloween candy as soon as we get it. Uh, yes. Oh, totally. I mean, what are you going to do? Just have the whole thing sit there and then eat the whole bag one night? No. Yeah. No. That's ridiculous. You got to pace yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I and don't know if it's better for you that way, but it seems like it is. I also feel like if you, like Jordan or I, live in an apartment building and not a house, you're kind of buying the candy for yourself. Oh, totally. You're buying it with like the hope and the whisper of a dream that a kid will come to yes. your door, but you're kind of buying it for yourself. Exactly. And ours is in a spaghetti strainer, which means clearly we're not ready for aesthetically <laughs> doing Halloween the right way for kids. Just wash it. Have it's in a metal bowl with holes in it. Unprepared millennials. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. We just need it because it's easier than the grab bag. You don't have a large bowl of any kind? Ah, well, you see, we do, but we don't have any clean sponges. So we just have dirty bowls. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty bowls. Does it make it better that we don't have any sponges because we decided the last sponge was simply too dirty? I feel like that's a mature Have you not washed dishes since you ran out of clean sponges? Well, we have a dishwasher. Right. Mm. Um, But the answer is No. Anything that cannot Someone fit in a dishwasher is sitting in our sink. Bowl for Christmas. <laughs> and some sponges. Yes. Sponges and bowls. Yeah. Sponges and bowls. Mm-hmm. Anyways, happy Halloween. <laughs> yes, we can all look forward to Christmas music starting tomorrow. <laughs> it's already happening. That's I good. went to the grocery store today to buy Halloween candy and there are Christmas decorations up everywhere. I am fine with it. I love Christmas. Oh, I know, Christmas should be all year. Hell yeah. I love Christmas too. Yeah. Great months. I know. October, November, December are my favorite time of the year. Totally. And then by the time April, March rolls around, I'm like, come on, summer, mm-hmm. come on. And then, yeah, then I'm always looking forward to October. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Julie Lynn for guest hosting yesterday. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was super funny. I liked her. Yeah, she's really cool. Yes. Also, just a genuinely good person. Mm-hmm. Salt of the earth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so today Tim Morrison testified behind closed doors to the impeachment committees, and even though he resigned, it doesn't seem like he's willing to testify strongly against Trump's shadow foreign policy on Ukraine, which was, you know, orchestrated by the White House, led by Rudy Giuliani. Morrison, this is Trump's top Russia aide, did corroborate Bill Taylor's testimony, though. But people familiar with his testimony say he was careful not to directly criticize or implicate Trump, saying he didn't think Trump did anything wrong. So, yes, they were withholding aid. Yes, they were withholding White House meetings. Yes, it was an exchange for um, uh, dirt investigations. But that is nothing wrong with that. That's kind of his testimony. And, And we haven't seen the transcript yet. So we'll see what goes on with that but the important part from this witness is not his opinion it's that he corroborated the evidence that we already know to be true right uh he did say he read bill taylor's statement and didn't disagree with any aspect of it so there's that as well so i don't understand how you could you know agree with everything bill taylor said yet simultaneously say trump did nothing wrong uh unless he's well he seemed to insist that the withholding of ukraine aid in exchange for investigations was done only by sundland and not Trump, that Sundland was rogue. Sundland and Giuliani were rogue, and Trump didn't direct it at all. Can the people file a class action lawsuit against the president for misuse of tax dollars? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think so. I think that's just policy. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, the only the question now becomes, if this is a series of events that we can all agree upon, i.e. him supporting what Bill Taylor said, but Bill Taylor clearly thinking that it was not okay, 
and Morrison thinking that it is okay. The only people that could decide what is okay and what is not okay in this scenario is Congress. Uh But if Congress is already weighted for the Republicans when it gets to the Senate, what other avenue is there for like a court to decide? The judicial, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know you can sue the president, but I mean, you'd have to, it would have to be a, a legit merits-based case right and i don't know that that is one yeah and there's absolutely no precedent for it no yeah i I don't think otherwise we would have been able to sue for you know religious purposes for spending our tax dollars on war yeah or whatever yeah i mean there are like sort of more nebulous lawsuits like that happening like um all the kids that are suing the government for daca uh, for climate change oh climate change actually no that's not here that's in other countries isn't it actually i guess daca people probably can't sue huh no but yeah. Or wait, no, they can. They could, but they wouldn't sue the president. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They'd be suing, like, Department of Justice or, you know, Department of Homeland Security yeah. or yeah. ICE or Border Patrol or all. Yeah. I forgot Maybe, that yeah. um that big lawsuit with all the kids suing governments around the world for, for you know, essentially mm-hmm. breaching Fucking their human rights because of climate perpetually. change. You can't do that here because <laughs> the U.S. pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, so the kids don't oh, have as much fantastic. of a mandate to sue the government here fantastic. as they do in other countries. So. Which is weird because, the, I mean... The the Paris Climate Agreement, as wonderful as it was, wasn't binding legally. Mm-hmm. No, it was right. more of a it was more of a verbal agreement. Yeah, with, you know, I mean, even the country's goal. Yeah, even the country's like who've statement. agreed to mm-hmm. do to do it a aren't meeting board. their you know, a UN climate targets. Board. Yeah, UN. <laughs> I'm good enough. Everyone got together I'm and drank martinis and created a vision board for the future. <laughs> Joining us in the daily mm-hmm. United Nations Security Council affirmations. Yes, and after we'll make dream catchers. Oh, <laughs> out of your face. Yeah. Um, and and also, I you know, I don't know. I just think this is weird. He he told Congress that he was concerned that if the substance of the call got out, it would be damaging to Trump. I guess just politically because he doesn't seem to think there's anything criminally wrong mm-hmm. with it or impeachable about it. And and just like pretty much everyone else, Morrison was told by the White House this morning not to testify, but a subpoena was issued uh, at the last minute, and he appeared. Uh, he's also said he's resigning his post at the National Security Council. So I just don't, I don't understand. I, you know, why are yeah. you leaving if you don't you're not think going to talk shit, <laughs> President? You know, why are you leaving if you're not going to talk shit? But because if you think that Trump did nothing wrong, why would you leave? His agents, right? It seems like you would have zero issues maintaining your position. Yeah, unless he's mad at Pompeo uh, for not defending Masha Yovanovitch, but that's because of Trump. But I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense. I'd love. I, I I hope they asked him why he's resigning. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see, and we'll keep you posted as we learn more about what was said in his closed door testimony. Though, according to the impeachment rules passed Thursday morning, the transcript of depositions transcripts of depositions will be released. Um, assuming they're going to, you know, scrub it for any classified information. But mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be any classified information in any of this, mm-hmm. which is why it's so funky that they put it in the classified information system. Yeah. 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 It's crazy to me that they have to get so many different people to say the exact same thing and that it doesn't make any sort of a difference to Republicans whatsoever. That's so frustrating. I mean, they voted. I mean, I, I know we're getting to that next, but the, they're so unified. Yeah. On not accepting that this is valid and happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, and they're, you know, they shift their talking points, too, because the House voted on the impeachment resolution and the public rules governing the process from public hearings to how to transfer the evidence uh, from the Intelligence, Foreign Affairs and Oversight Committees to the judiciary where the articles of impeachment will be drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, traditionally, that's <laughs> where you do it. Uh, tradition. So the final vote. Uh, was 232 to 194, and the resolution passed. Um, I really liked it when uh, Pelosi brought the gavel down. I was like, we. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a watch party in our closed Facebook group behind the beans for patrons. And and this is the first watch party I've ever joined. Everyone's like, oh, AJ's here, what? <laughs> and uh, and some people didn't know who I was because I, I just go under my personal name. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, who are you? <laughs> like, Nothing, no one. That'd be so funny if they started trolling you or something. Yeah, yeah like, get out of here. Oh, wait, you, you agree with us. That's weird. It's like you're our leader. Um, no, but it, it it was so much fun to just sit there and watch that with dozens and dozens of like, like-minded people commenting and, and, and stuff, like listening to the callers call into C-SPAN. Oh, my God, some of these callers. Like, because they have a Democrat line and a Republican line, mm-hmm. and then an others line. Oh, Ooh. and so that's, like that's a cool line. So like Karen calls in from South Carolina, and she's just she's like, "This is a sham process," and 
there was no quid pro quo. She's just parroting Fox talking points yeah. uh-huh. mm-hmm. and Trump talking points. And they seem to be shifting now, um, saying that that this is not an impeachable offense. And because now we voted on the process and given them what they want, now their argument is your vote today doesn't clean up the dirty process that's already been tainted and can't ever be fixed. You can't fix it. If the fact that they're opposing something that they asked for isn't evidence enough that they are refusing to commit themselves to any level of integrity, then I don't know what is. Yeah, no, that's their new thing. Or, or reality. Right. And and that's kind of why I was on the side of don't have a vote. They're just going to say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're admitting you were wrong. It's all tainted. Yeah. I mean, it does, the way that they laid out the rules, though, it does take power away from them, right? Like getting the sole discretion, essentially, over what things get entered into the record. And, and they're pretty mad about that. I bet. <laughs> they were like, this is bullshit. This is messed up. We don't yeah. get any rights. And they're like, no, you get them. You just can't be a dick about it. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you can't come in and say, I want to call Joe Biden, Hunter Biden to the stand. No, right. he's not part of this impeachment inquiry. If you want to have hearings into Hunter Biden, go do it in the Senate. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. go do it or, you know, win the House back. Mm-hmm. Elections have consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, that they always say that to us. Elections have consequences. Yes, they do. You don't get to have majority power in the House committee. Right. I have been thinking about how relatively radical those rules kind of are just in terms of giving Democrats most of the power. And I'm all for that, obviously. But in terms of getting Republicans to cross over party lines and vote for the resolution, it doesn't seem like that list of rules is going to get that done. So part of me is wondering, maybe they know that it's going to die in the Senate and they're kind of accepting that. And their main goal is let's just pass as many rules as we can to make this public indictment on the president basically as possibly transparent as it could be for 2020 beneficial for the elections yeah and then for democrats and then also you know and 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 to be fair they wouldn't be in this situation if the president hadn't crimed so much right and and also it i i understand that it can be frustrating that if you're a republican and you can't you don't have subpoena power without clearing it with the with the committee chair but that's the people put the committee chair on the committee mm-hmm. that people voted that like this is the voice of the people. I think another uh, talking point they're going to have is that you can't have an impeachment during an election year. They'll, they'll say that that'll mm-hmm. probably be a reason that the Senate might, you know, if they decide to, you know, yeah. thumbs down, it might be because, oh, we, you can't have an impeachment during a, during a election year. It's never mm-hmm. happened before. Okay, so then we're back to the shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue argument. Mm -hmm. So that means that leaves the president free for criming. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing about Merrick Garland. Oh, you can't confirm a Supreme Court nominee Mm -hmm. during an election year. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can. And it actually Mm -hmm. wasn't during election year. It was two months before the year even started. So like, fuck off. Yep. And I mean, again, time doesn't pause just because an election is happening. And also your election seasons are like nine million years long. Yeah, it's like hockey finals. I just when I the other day when someone said, oh, the first (laughs) votes are going to be cast for the presidential election a year from now, I almost spit out my coffee. I thought, is it really that far away? Yes. Holy fucking. But the first primary is is three months out, three months away. Yeah. I know. It's just a long process. And it like trickles down to like college and high school government too i used to do that shit in college Mm -hmm. and like we would get elected and then four weeks in we're talking about like re-election we're talking about (laughs) re-election and this is in college it was like it's such a deeply embedded Mm -hmm. philosophy in our politics always be campaigning always campaigning always looking forward to what i shouldn't say looking forward because it's honestly all very dreadful but but looking towards where you're going for the next election cycle whatever it is yeah and without term limits everything you say it can be put under scrutiny so you can't govern effectively Mm -hmm. um the no term limit thing is is uh has got to go but we would need um a constitutional amendment and the, we're just too divided. Um, just got to wait for a bunch of people to die, I think. And then <laughs> we, like literally probably 50 years from now. Yeah. If the planet is still here. Yeah. Everyone says that. But then they keep breeding all these demon children and uh-huh. raising them as evil. And that's the idiocracy plight. That's the catch 22. AG, yeah. have you, uh, speaking of this, have you seen the um, OK Boomer sweatshirt? No. Oh, wait. Yes. Have you? I think so. 
Yes. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, but have like, a what day? It's, it says, oh, there's, I, there's an article in the New York Times about how Gen Z is saying like, okay, boomer, just as a response to like fighting with boomers online. Yeah. <laughs> there's this there's this hoodie that you can buy that says, okay, boomer, have a terrible day. <laughs> God. <laughs> I love you, the boomers that are listening. <laughs> but I'm just saying like relations between Generation Z and the older political right wing people online has gotten to that level. Yeah. We're all Gen X. We're like, you yeah, know, exactly. and we got yeah. some boomers, but like, keep us out of it. This is seriously just like the decade of walls, just walls between both uh, any any two sides you can put next to each other. There's just a fat ass erected wall. Yeah. I mean, basically, the point I was just trying to make by bringing that up at all was the point that like there morbidly, there are so many people who are young. I'm, I'm 30, but there are people who are 10 years younger than me who's like only political hope is that all of these people will be gone soon right (laughs) just gone because there's such a wall between their priorities and the priorities of the people yeah but there are so many like kind Uh awesome oh yeah absolutely engaged boomers i think of the woman who was protesting uh in the 60s and then protesting now and she's got the same sign Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, it's just she's so or or like i can't believe i'm still protesting this shit yeah i do think that's a myth that necessarily with age you just 100 percent are going to be more conservative mm-hmm. i do know that statistics show that typically that trend you know you might get mm-hmm. a little bit more conservative than you were but but it's just like there are so many and on the flip side there are so many young people who are very conservative as well but there are so many older people that are really liberal too mm-hmm. It's and also conservative used to mean something different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, conservative, like you know, as you grow old, you get more conservative. Then you're talking about small government, and you're mm-hmm. talking about I want to keep most of my income tax. Yes. And you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, my, I'm okay. Let fiscal everyone else be okay. Uh, yeah. Fiscal conservatives, not I hate brown social, people. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> so it's a little different that you know, for most of us to say now. There's no way I'm I'm becoming mm-hmm. more conservative. Yeah. In 20 years, if someone cuts my voice just to say I hate brown people, I swear to God. <laughs> also, by the way, I oh love God. I when I say I when talking about shitty boomers, I'm talking about people like Mitch McConnell. Please know I'm not talking about you, oh, of awesome course. people. Yeah, <laughs> talking about the people who stonewall us. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of. Uh, trickle down economics. There was a great and thick boys and thick trickle down boys. <laughs> there was a great, great. I think it was a tweet uh, because the Easy Fires was was threatening the Reagan Library, and somebody says, "Don't worry." Uh, maybe it's just some of the water will trickle down and put it out. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. from like the other fires around <laughs> that are getting fought around it or something. Yeah, uh, so good. All right, so. I wonder if he knew he was creating such a, or whoever developed that economic theory name knew that it was such a gold, I know. <laughs> like, euphemism gold mine. for, like, yeah. yeah, for so many things. Um, Trickle. So here, here's how the vote, the vote broke down today. Democrats voted 231 uh, for two against. The two voting against the resolution were Peterson and Van Ward. Very, very red uh, districts. Boo. Um, still sucks. Yep. Not one Republican voted for the resolution. Uh, and that was their celebratory point today. They took it as a W. Yeah. Like, yay, we all lost together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. And we will all go down But also, like, together. as a weird talking point, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but um, one of the Republicans said... The Democrats have always said if impeachment was going to happen, it had to be a bipartisan effort. And the only bipartisan vote today was against it because two Democrats crossed the aisle. So the, the real bipartisan vote was against this resolution. That's and not what like, we mean, Nancy. What, what we mean, not Nancy. That's a bad example. Yeah. <laughs> what we mean, I don't know, Gertrude, Whoever. Mitch, yeah. is that it has to be a bipartisan effort in the Senate because in order to remove him, you have to have 67 votes or two thirds of the quorum. So that's what she, in order for impeachment removal to be successful, it has to be bipartisan because of maths. Yes. And also the fact that these two people cross over the aisle, if I'm correct, I think they're from swing districts or historically red districts. No, ruby red districts. Trump won considerably. Okay, Mm -hmm. so considerably red districts. Obviously the fact that they crossed over is because they're probably, I mean, this is what I'm going to hope that they're more in their brains. They're more dedicated to keeping that seat blue. That's literally yeah, they what are. I just heard on. Yeah. 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 And when you think about it before, when it was just the Mueller report, there were about 60 or 70 Democrats from purple and red districts that didn't want to cross that line. And we're down to two now. So yeah. fucking also, progress. Quite yes. frankly, you know, considering how the handful of Republicans who've been like, oh, this is troubling. Oh, like, you know, what he did was wrong. Not one of them voted for this. And you know what? Like, 
there are people who there are were some no votes there were some abstentions were there? Okay. and i don't know who they are yet maybe like heard some of those folks mm-hmm. i know some people it's really important to them to show loyalty to the president Which right now a and i know we keep saying we're waiting for republicans to like do something i'm telling you 60 percent. but when 60 percent of the public want is for impeachment and removal i, I really mm-hmm. hope that their voters mm-hmm. because look they're like you said their conservatism used to mean something else and there are so many people out there who are not democrats but certainly aren't trump people mm-hmm. yeah and i hope that those people vote out their representatives and replace them with someone who you know didn't support not impeaching Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, too. it's like it's like Moneyball, right? Mm-hmm. It's not how many home runs you get or how many hits you get. It's it's how often you get on base. Mm-hmm. It's impeachment ball is the percentage of people that are for mm-hmm. impeaching and removing. So I, I mean, I literally met someone on the plane to our sh- uh, Politicon in Nashville. Oh God. You know, poor, I mean, poor Amanda. Yeah, <laughs> she was sandwiched between two Republicans, <laughs> a, a, a wife you know and husband. Do you no know less. what though? They were actually very nice people. Yeah, they sorry. were very very nice people. That's true. I'm more so just mean. But yes, talking, I was, I was talking over her. you, and on top of that, just the was, Republican vibe. Why don't you want to sit next to your well, spouse, <laughs> dude? It's like the worst Oreo ever. Just fucking. Anyway, as I was sitting next to him, conservative ass cookies sitting between a married couple. Mm-hmm. And that guy was, we had had some political discussions and I'm not often only often hanging out with older Republican men. So we were asking <laughs> each other questions and, you know, and, and I, and he was an example of someone who was like conservative, Rational. but not a Trumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, from the impression that I got. And I think there are a lot of people out there like that. Probably not a ton who are listening to us, but like there are certainly people out there like that. And I hope that Republicans realize that there are those people in their districts and they're, ha- I mean, I'm hoping there's more And they of them. might when the public gets to start. You're right. With these hearings. So, um, when do they start? Well, uh, they haven't picked a date yet. And I wanted to like, again, note that the vote today doesn't mean impeachment starts today. Uh, the wording in the resolution confirmed that impeachment is what they've been doing and will continue to do in all the committees of the house. So that's what's going on. And then there was one independent that voted for impeachment resolution. And I'm presumably that's a mosh. I think it's a mosh. Yeah. Based on his Twitter yeah. today also mm-hmm. and everything he said in the last yeah. few months. I'm I'm, pr- I'm all my beans on it being him. I'm sure it's him. Yeah. I can look it up pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trump, here's some new news, is essentially bribing Republican senators to vote against his impeachment. From Alex uh, Eisenstadt at Politico, Trump is actively rewarding GOP senators that are backing him and sending a message to those who don't by tapping his vast money network for a handful of loyal senators that could face a tough re-election in 2020 without him. Trump is essentially bribing every senator that signed on to that Republican resolution condemning the impeachment inquiry. Of note, one Republican senator is missing from that group. That's Susan Collins of Maine and also uh, Martha McSally. And, you know, Susan Collins' seat is in trouble because of the Kavanaugh vote, but she refused to sign on to the impeachment resolution to, you know, to be, you know, I'm for Trump. Yeah. And I think Martha McSally, he doesn't like her because she did something else. She did sign on to the impeachment resolution, but he's not giving her money. Yeah, I think um, it's called womenhood. (laughs) Perhaps, because the rest are men. Mm -hmm. And uh, while these Republican senators supporting Trump are faltering in fundraising, Trump uh, has clawed in about $300 million this year. So Wednesday, Trump sent an email to donors asking them for contributions that he says he would divide between himself, Cory Gardner, Joni Ernst, okay, there's a lady, and Tom Tillis saying if we don't post strong fundraising numbers, we won't be able to defend the president from the baseless impeachment witch hunt. So uh, Trump has also pledged to help David Perdue and Mitch McConnell with fundraisers next week, both who have come out in support of Trump and signed that resolution. I don't see how this is an obstruction of justice or witness tampering since these folks are going to sit on his jury, but this is legal. Uh, Allah Pundit uh, on Twitter tweeted today, when weighing whether Trump has received due process or not, remember to include the fact that he enjoys a right no criminal defendant in the United States has, the right to bribe his jurors. Right. So does there just have to be like an incredibly explicit quid pro quo no, situation? You, it's for, legal or for you him. Can just, yeah. You can be like... I'm going to make it so you don't get the money that you probably need to win re-election if you don't stick with me. He can do you that. Can just fucking say He can that. do that if there's not an impeachment, so he can do it when there is one. Yeah. There's there's just no rule about it. it right. If, if somebody sued him over it, uh, you know, I suppose it could be decided litigated by the court, but there's yeah. it's never been litigated. It's never even, no one's ever fucking even thought about doing that. I just can't believe that. And that's the same thing with this Ukraine shit. Yeah. Yeah, and it actually might be one of the most level-headed arguments for Republicans saying you can't impeach someone during an election year because <laughs> the guy can bribe his, his jury. Yeah, um, but no, we're going to do it anyway. We're going to take the we're going to take the uh, we're going to take the chance. Yeah, 
Uh, and McConnell has a message for Donald Trump, essentially telling him to stop attacking his fellow Republicans because his presidency might depend on them. Ooh. From CNN Thursday. <laughs> I know. His <laughs> presidency might depend on them. <laughs> According to a person familiar with the meeting, McConnell had a face-to-face with Trump last week and warned him to stop attacking GOP members in the Senate. This is probably in response to Trump calling some members of the Senate, including Mitt Romney, human scum. Human scum. Human scum, not just scum. It's so weird. I feel like scum it's... is worse than human scum. He I really think so missed too. an opportunity or there to dehumanize them. <laughs> human chum. Human chum. No, you're just Jaws food. Subhuman scum. Subhuman scum. I like there we the go. Subhumans. I like that too. Wait, what are subhumans? It's a good band. Oh, nice. I don't know. Just Robots? Let's trying to be anyway. degrading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're too fucking nice. We I can't know. we can't even come up with something that's remotely uh, rude. <laughs> I don't want to shame subhumans. Nah, yeah. that's not Is that sub work. too harsh? You know what's really weird? It's okay. <laughs> it's a punk band. They're it's, like, <laughs> fuck you. Oh. It's very weird to like feel it's their name that affinity gets me. <laughs> towards Mitt Romney. I know. To be like, oh, I feel bad for you, buddy. And like, I yeah. don't. Doesn't help that I, he's I, hot, I, right? I, I, hey. I think it's it's interesting because mm-hmm. like my entire... <laughs> good. Uh, as long as I can also have half the planet. That's <laughs> tall conservative boys. If you're listening, yes. Jordan's not Thick single, but down. if she ever is, I'm not single. Not. <laughs> trickle down. You know where to find her. Um, yeah, it's really weird. Do they? Because <laughs> I used to judge Mitt Romney purely based on his That's policies. Why I laughed so hard. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, you're not garbage. Yeah, you're a good person. Yeah. Well, also, this is a very like logical move by McConnell, right? And it's hilarious that he needs to even tell Trump that, like, hey, don't bitch at people. Because we all have fickle egos in this industry and they'll mm-hmm. turn on your ass. And not to mention, it's so hard to defend you because no one knows what you're going to fucking say today. So we are all busting our asses to bend ourselves to or into pretzels to, to defend your ass. And you're calling us dickheads. Like, mm-hmm. stop. Stop mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, I hope he keeps doing it yeah. and that the GOP keeps turning on him. I think so, too. Again, I think the magic number is 60%. You can put some beans on it. Uh, we'll be right back. Ever wonder where your family comes from? We're a nation of immigrants, and that's beautiful. And you can discover more about your origin story by combining the Ancestry DNA test with their billions of historical family records and documents. Ancestry DNA gives you so much more than just your family's places of origin. They connect you to places in the world where your story started using precise geographic detail and clear-cut historical insights. Ancestry has combined DNA results with over 100 million family trees and billions of records to give you more detail about your genealogy and the stories of your ancestors. And you can trace them over time. Ancestry's unique features and record collections can give you a more complete picture of people from your past, like the events that shaped them, how they made a living, census information, and where they went to school, and even how they got their jobs or what jobs they had. I found out I'm related to Harry Reeser, who was a banjo comedian player in the 20s in New York, and I think that he like worked at the Clicquot Club, and that's just amazing to me because I've always wanted to do a, a set there. We'll see. Maybe one day. Uh, but it's really easy to get started. I, uh, I got my results, and I was surprised also to learn that I'm Dutch because I thought I was Irish growing up. Um, so it's just a really great learning experience. And then you combine it with a family tree on, on Ancestry.com and you just get a whole big picture of where you came from. So go to Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans today for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. That's Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans for 20% off your Ancestry DNA kit. Ancestry.com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. All right. Two major court hearings happened today, and they are both key tests of Trump's blanket immunity argument, right? The first is Kupperman. I keep thinking of Zuckerman from uh, Charlotte's Web. Kupperman's famous pig. (laughs) And um, the second is Don McGahn. We're still fucking litigating Don McGahn. So as we know, Kupperman filed the lawsuit. He's supposed to testify Monday. He didn't show up because he filed a lawsuit. His lawyer filed this lawsuit saying, hey, uh, tiebreaker, please, because White House is telling me one thing. Congress is telling me another. I want to know what the judicial thinks. Um, Actually, kind of a cool move. Um, mm-hmm. I might do it myself if I were ever a crimer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, it's like splitting your blackjack hand. <clears throat> yes. Always split aces mm-hmm. and eights. Mm-hmm. No. I don't aces. know. Aces. Always split aces. Right? I have no idea. I, no I, the furthest reference I knew were the words that came out of my mouth, and that was all I had. <laughs> now, aces and eights was Wild Bill Hickok's hand, but I think Anytime he split you have, like, aces and eights. Any, I thought any time that you have like two of the same, Mm-mm. you you could split. You can just don't. Just don't. Like okay. if you have two tens, don't split two tens. That's true. That's dumb. That's pretty dumb. Yeah. But aces, yeah, because you have a. You know what? 
I'm going to look it up. <laughs> and we're all going to go to a Trump casino. I've never played poker before in my entire life. Oh, this well, is perfect, because this is blackjack. Blackjack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or blackjack. I've never... Um, I've never, never blackjack or poker. We got to go to my home, Vegas. Yes. I know. We should I've like do. never really done a lot of gambling. When I was in Vegas for the first time last year, I played a few, a few slot machines, but I've like never been to a casino really. I, I played blackjack or poker or anything like any table games. It's very fun. Yeah, I like it. It is one of the most disheartening things. So when you sit down at a fresh table and you lose your first hand, it's like, okay, well, goodbye. <laughs> I like, $10 I like broke. that there's rules in blackjack. And if you play by the rules, you win about 48% of the time. The house always yeah. wins no matter what. Yeah. But you can sit down with a hundred bucks uh-huh. for eight hours, drink all night, drink like $500 worth of booze. Yep. Because they give you drinks for free. And for play games trip. with strangers. Turning mm-hmm. 30 in January, you guys. <laughs> Vegas field trip. Ooh. Uh, yeah, but uh, you're gonna have to sit at your own blackjack table <laughs> <laughs> because she's a noob. Yeah. Oh, beginners yeah. unluck huh? or what? Beginners unluck or, or what? I'm just kidding. But oh, honestly, oh, okay. if if somebody doesn't know how to play, they can screw your hand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what we will do is play my other favorite game. What's it called? I can't remember. Where you get three. What about some go fish or some old maid? Woo! Three, one, two, three, three. I don't know. I think it's I don't king something. You know what? We'll figure it out later. Copperman, amateur here. Yeah, (laughs) Copperman. What about Copperman? How did we start talking about? I I don't know. know. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) So during the Copperman hearing, which could have very far-reaching implications uh, on the impeachment and perhaps whether Bolton will testify, uh, as they have the same lawyer, so how Copperman goes, so likely will Bolton. From the Twitter feed of Tierney Sneed, Judge Leon noted the impeachment resolution passed by the House Thursday and asked Chuck Cooper, Kupperman's lawyer, <laughs> Cooper Kupperman's lawyer, if he would if, if that would interfere with their plans to set a briefing schedule. And Kupperman's lawyer said the judge shouldn't be concerned about that or other parties joining Kupperman's case. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Bolton mm-hmm. or any other events on his side slowing down the proceedings. So Cooper then told the judge that Kupperman is not planning to engage on the merits, but if a motion to dismiss is filed on the basis that the courts don't have jurisdiction to hear the case, which is an argument being made in the McGann hearings, uh, Kupperman would oppose that motion. So basically what they're saying is um, like, it, like if Judge Leon ruled that government can testify to Congress. And then the Department of Justice came in and filed a motion saying, no, because this ju- this court doesn't have jurisdiction. Kupperman would oppose that motion because he wants the judge to be able to settle the dispute. So we were kind of right when we thought he's not going to appeal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody could file an injunction and try to appeal it who, who thinks they're an interested party. But Kupperman would oppose those motions, mm-hmm. it feels like. so. I should have asked this question a very long time ago. What is an injunction? Stop. Okay. That's like a stop stoppage. Okay. I file an injunction to stop you from, try to stop you from doing something because I'm an interested party. It's different from a stay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. A stay stops evidence from being handed over that is from a ruling. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Uh, in the McGann case now, the House has been seeking an appearance from McGann for like almost a year. And uh, from reports inside the courtroom, you can sense the constitutional impact because on one side, you have a table full of House lawyers from from the House of Representatives. On the other side, you have a table full of lawyers from Maine Justice. So this really goes to the heart of separation of powers. I'm still confused as to why there's not a mass exodus of lawyers from the Mm -hmm. Department of Justice, especially since Trump wrecked their candidness with the courts by calling back the case about the citizenship question. In the 2020 census, remember that? And the DOJ yeah. lawyers had to call in from wherever they were on vacation. They were like, I don't even know what he's doing. I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> uh, and the, the judge, Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, by the way, another Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, she also recognizes the importance of the case. And Ellie Honig is reporting that he noticed more skepticism from the judge directed at the Justice Department saying there were more raised eyebrows, like, for real? Is that your argument? Mm-hmm. Aimed at the Justice Department. Good news for us. Yeah. Um, Doug Letter and Megan Barbero argued for the House, and James Burnham argued for the Trump administration. Boo. The judge... <laughs> Bo Burnham. The judge said she wanted to to hear two sets of arguments. One about the things that could knock the case out before you get to the, the merits, the substance, including, like, jurisdiction, separation of powers, do we have standing to even bring the case, things like that. And then uh, they would, you know, 
talk about the substance, whether the current and former White House officials enjoy blanket immunity. So we'll go over this hearing in detail this weekend during Mueller, she wrote. But I'll put beans on this Judge Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, number two, (laughs) not buying the Department of Justice argument either. If the judge in the McGahn in the McGahn case, if the judge rules that McGahn must testify, Trump will likely appeal to the D.C. Circuit and then it will go up to SCOTUS for consideration. Uh, Ross Garden, there'll probably be a stay on him uh, testifying. Although, you know, I don't know. I don't see how it's I guess it could do irreparable harm, his testimony, because it's not grand jury secret. You know, mm-hmm. it would be in it would be probably public. Mm-hmm. Ross Garber. And I mean, he's, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. He's just going to come in and confirm what's already in the Mueller report and open for everyone to read. Yes. Yeah. Which could cause more damage than people who have to read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good argument, though. Like oh. the damage is out there. It's the Mueller report. So right. they're, they're, there's no irreparable damage because it's already been released. Yeah. That'd be a really good argument for that. And mm-hmm. then there's no merits. And those are the first two. Those first two of the four burdens have to be are the, the most critical. Um, Watch, and then they have to, like, actually make the argument that half the country's illiterate <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, like... Say, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there's... Such the, ridiculous defenses. These legal experts are saying that this, this stay will probably happen, but it, maybe it won't, you know? Maybe I'm going to stick to my guns on this thing now that I've read uh, Judge Beryl Howe's decision on how stays work. Mm-hmm. But Ross Garber, an impeachment attorney, has said, it's dangerous to put beans on what SCOTUS will do. Uh, he didn't say beans. I did. There's no binding authority on the argument of absolute immunity, but it's untested. Uh, I personally give this a win for the Dems, 7-2, a win for America, excuse me. But uh, people are warning the SCOTUS is not a certainty. But uh, Shan Wu, a former federal prosecutor, disagrees with that, saying there is some precedent. And it's from 2008 when a district court judge named Bates resoundingly rejected the idea of absolute immunity, specifically citing the Nixon case, saying Nixon provides the authority for piercing that. That case does. And also the common sense conclusion going uh, with absolute immunity essentially eviscerates the balance of powers. It takes Congress's power away. Um, We may also hear the argument that McGahn wasn't subpoenaed during impeachment, uh, which if that works would mean they wouldn't have to issue a new subpoena and go through this whole thing again, though presumably with the speed associated with judicial proceedings, it wouldn't take that long. (laughs) The alacrity of a snail. The alacrity. (laughs) Alacrity and effulgence. That sounds like a beautiful novel. Thank you. It's a <laughs> quote from Bring It On. Oh, God. I <laughs> love <me>. that movie. <laughs> a beautiful novel or the a quote from Bring It On? Let's play a game. Let's play a movie. Game. I did love that movie, though. I that movie it. is important to me. It. <laughs> I remember I t- out of the blue, I texted Joelle one time. That's Amanda's wife, our, our web design and, and uh, creative director. Just out of the blue, I just said, you know, the East Compton Clovers really are the best. <laughs> the cheerleaders. Yes, because that it they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They right. Were. They really were. Yeah, that uh, that movie did a lot for a lot of people. And a lot of different age groups. And a lot of different sexualities. It was just like... Yeah, it's timeless. It, it was like pheromones in a movie. Mm-hmm. That was like that entire movie. To I me. feel that. I feel Maybe it's just because I watched it when I was like 13. It, uh, the girl who does the strip tease to, to Sweet Cherry Pie during the auditions. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine. She was actually in one of my comedy videos. Oh. Um. I feel like Amanda has a different opinion of what just came out of my mouth. No, no, no. I'm just thinking. Okay. <laughs> sorry, so I, I also, sorry, I also sorry. feel the same way about Clueless and Mean Girls. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classics. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I used to go to, um when I lived in London, I used to go to this place called the Prince Charles Cinema. And they had Mean Girls quote-alongs. So my friend and I would get, oh. like, tipsy and go yell at the... I mean, I, some people are Isn't not into Prince this. Prince Charles a dick piercing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you're right. Some people are like, this sounds like my worst nightmare. Why would I want to pay to go watch a movie where people yell with me? But to me, it's, like, the best thing ever. It's so if fun. If it's, like, a movie you love. And they have a whole bunch of... They have have like, they never heard of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, that, oh, that's also so fucking fun. Yeah. I haven't done it in years. Oh, God, yeah. You should do that on Halloween. Oh, I should do that. It's tonight. Ooh, Ooh. Let's go. <laughs> really quick funny story about Bring It On. Bring It On came out at the exact same time the movie Pay It Forward came out. The tragic tale of the little boy that gets murdered. Sorry if you haven't seen that movie. Right? He gets like yeah. stabbed to death in the end. Okay, yeah. so I tell my dad, trying to see Bring It On. I'm Spoiler. like. I'm like, Dad, let's go see Pay It Forward because it's also three names and has it in the middle. And I was 
misremembering what the cheerleading movie is. So I go in to pay it forward expecting a cheerleading movie. And I'm like, wait, what? Is this little? I'm just when waiting. When did the cheerleaders yeah, arrive? I'm just, I'm just holding out. At this point, really, yeah, really. I mean, I was younger. I was younger than 13. I was like nine or eight years old or something. Just looking at this little boy. Just like, maybe he becomes a cheerleader. And that's when this plot starts kicking. And then he gets stabbed and, and dies like, at the end. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is... This movie's over, I think. I think this was not the movie I thought it was. This happened to my mother. She thought uh, she was going to go see the Aristocats, uh, that they were doing some special anniversary Disney release mm-hmm. of the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. And instead, it was the Aristocrats. And she, <laughs> oh, God. She was, I mean, at least she knew it from the first second. It wasn't a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she, stay, she. That's <laughs> nice. Oh, sorry. I just said my name. Uh, bleep that out at forty fourteen. <clears throat> she said, "Ag." She said, um, "That wasn't the Aristocats." <laughs> like, no, no, it wasn't. I can one up you both. Oh yes. One time, I, I really can. If we're talking about seeing the wrong movie, mistakes. Yeah. I was hanging out with my uh, grandmother when I was younger, and she was flipping through the channels. And she was like, American Pie. That sounds like a delightful movie. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. With Wait, sorry. You said it was your grandmother. Grandma. Yeah. Oh, God. And it was absolutely the horrifying dick in the pie scene yep. that we flipped over to and witnessed together. Oh, God. So, seared into my memory forever. <laughs> totally. At least they don't show penetration. <laughs> you know, they keep it rated R. Yeah. But yeah. So. I saw Bruno with my best friend's grandma oh, once. Oh, God, with a champagne bottle. <laughs> yeah. And when the dick comes directly into camera and talks from its fucking urethra hole, that with my friend's grandma. Just awful. <laughs> Just so, so awful. Anyway. Movies. Hey. Good times. All right, Even we'll better when you see the wrong one. We'll start a movie podcast next mm-hmm. week. The wrong movie podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I think that the sad part, though, was the follow-up, the gymnastics follow-up to bring it on called Stick It. Oh. It was terrible. Oh, well, I was a gymnast, so that was a huge event for us. Like, our whole gym went and took Did you over, like, like a whole theater, and we were all such hams. We were, like, flipping down the hallway oh my before God. it started. Oh, my Gymnastics. It was like, Yeah. All right. You're so cool, Jordan. No. She would have been able to hang out with No, you. I think I was like... You know what, though? I was all my friends, all my other friends in high school were like drinking, becoming like regular adults, and we were just losers. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Court proceedings, right? <laughs> you can direct emails to me for <laughs> most of this. Derailing the show. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on in the court. I guess that would be Legally Blonde. Yeah. Yep. Um, which I love that movie. It's too. a masterpiece. It is. it is. It really is. The perm. She gets him. She's Perry Mason. Law school. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I I don't know. It just seems to me like all these court cases. Everything seems to be timing up per like lining up perfectly here. Just as we're getting the public testimony on Ukraine, or, you know, we vote for the impeachment resolution. We could get court rulings dismissing Trump's blanket immunity, clearing the way for everyone to testify. Then we have the Mueller grand jury materials, which could be released. As soon as November, but no later than February, I don't think. Then all the tax return cases that could be resolved by January. Um, all these appeals seem to be ripening just as we need them. And I love the universe sometimes. Everything sort of lines up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's been miserable for three years. Um, but, you know, I told you, hang on. Keep hoping. Um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think we're seeing it a little brighter now. And I just read an article from the, the Post, Washington Post, that said Sunland's attorney has told reporters his client did not mention the Bidens in the July 10th meeting or any other discussions about Ukraine policy. And, quote, Ambassador Sondland has nothing to add to his prepared testimony in which he makes clear that he did not then nor on any other occasion mention any Bidens by name and did not know that Biden was linked to Burisma. Oh. So... He's not amending his bullshit testimony unless this is a statement that is going unless he's only talking about the the Biden Burisma mention and he's actually amending something else. Right. But it doesn't look like I thought he was on the hill amending his testimony. Right. I thought he was, too. Well, then what? Seems like a bad plan. Didn't Vin didn't Vin Min directly contradict that? Uh, Yeah, like three people. And Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor and him. And I think uh, Hill too, Fiona Hill. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with him? He paid a million dollars to get a job with Why Trump. would you go back, dude? That's like robbing well, a house, getting away with it, and then 
going back to the scene You've and not being like, talk, right? hey, sorry, here's your stuff. Sorry, Jordan. No, it's um, okay. That was a bad you. joke anyway. No, no, I, I'm sorry for joking. <laughs> but like, you, have, you, have you watched him speak? Have you watched a new video? Tomlin? Yeah. No. Okay. Actually, I, yes. Okay. Like, Tall bald dude, Gives yes. you some more insight <laughs> because he's, he's, he's a friend of Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I think I think he's playing the same game Trump is, which is never admit you've done something wrong. Yeah, even if it's to your detriment, even if it's to what? your end. You know. Yeah, maybe hoping for a pardon. I don't know. Yeah, if he is doing that, he's doing it in a much less dickish way than other people have. Because if you are, if the president is impeached but not removed, he m- removed, he retains his pardon power. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to be impeached and removed to lose, to lose your pardon power. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure if that's not c- true, uh, send us a correction. Yeah, that um, sounds fair. <laughs> I guess it's not fair. I, I guess. know in the absence of the actual people, it sucks. But yeah, you have to be impeached and removed. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, it's AG, and Daily Beans is brought to you by the company that makes my favorite bras ever, Third Love. I am kind of obsessed with this company and their bras. I have four of them because they fit me perfectly. They're so comfortable, uh, and they're also really stylish, which I love. They're really cute. So Third Love uses data points generated by over 14 million women, and they take breast size and shape into mind. Not to mention they're size-inclusive, charging the same price no matter the size, and they're the industry leader with over 80 sizes, including their signature half-cup size, which helps me out because I fall between cup sizes. And Third Love checks my philanthropy box too. Not only can you skip the trip to the store by jumping online and taking their one minute Fit Finder quiz and then trying things on in the comfort of your own home, but you put it to the test, you wash it and wear it for 60 days, and if it's not the perfect fit, send it back, no charge, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a person in need, and I love that. This is hands down the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. The straps don't dig, they don't slip, I don't have like cup spillage or cup gap. They're tagless, they have lightweight, super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape. Those are proprietary to Third Love as well. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Lindsey Graham is stepping down from the Senate Judiciary Committee as the chair. Um, Don't freak out. Uh, he's handing, there's no beans, he's, he, he's handing the chairmanship back to Senator Chuck Grassley. If you remember, Chuck Grassley was in charge when they did like the Kavanaugh hearings and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, he left to chair the finance committee. So there's nothing to read into this really. Grassley's back. He's more senior. He's just taking his job back, taking back the gavel. But it'll be, it, I don't know it's, if there's any other hearings in the Senate judiciary, it'd be nice for Lindsey Graham to not be there, but not that Grassley's any better. That guy's a douche too. So Yeah. I mean, I definitely, not yet do I have the amount of rage well up inside me that I have when I hear Lindsey Graham's name, so he's going to have to earn that, but I'm sure he'll do it quickly. Yeah, he earned it for me during the Kavanaugh hearings, but I still, I feel like Lindsey Graham is farther up Trump's ass than Grassley is. Yeah, and Lindsey Graham is also just on TV all the time giving shitty interviews and being a fucking That'd be great. That'd be great if Trump had a shirt that said "Ass Grass or Ass Gas or Grassley." Nobody rides for free. <laughs> uh, all right, showing my age. All right, let's get social. Hashtag. All right, trending today. Hashtag Nationals. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. The Nats won the World Series. Yay! First team ever to lose all three road or all three home games. And win four away games. They won every away game and lost every home game and won the World Series. They won Damn. it in Houston. Sucks for the fans. That's true. I you know. know. Yeah. Bummer. But it, it also really sucks for the the home fans of the team that they beat. Yeah. Yeah. You you really kind of want the team to win at home. Yeah. Basically, no one had a good time at any of these games. Yeah. <laughs> All of the home teams were losing every time, <laughs> every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone had a really shitty series, uh, unless you were watching it on television. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I I love this. I love the Nationals. I think they're a great team for America. They're out of D.C. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm Padres fan and a Cleveland Indians fan, but uh, you know. I, their new team it's their first series um they haven't won a baseball thing since the 30s or some shit it's been like 95 years so congratulations and also they had um chef andres come out and throw the first pitch and he was so great fuck yeah and they didn't awesome. invite trump to do it and then of course nope. trump was booed when he showed up at game five in dc which was not smart <laughs> and he, he honestly thought he was going to get some sort of baghdadi boost but he didn't and you know i'm glad he's dead but like 
you know, whatever. Trump, you're not that great. Uh, just it shows like it just goes to show. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't even kill the leader of ISIS and people still hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, but not the leader of ISIS. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is kind of ridiculous to give a president too much credit for an act like that by the military, because these are people who have been working in the region for so much longer than the president has yep. been in that office. Mm-hmm. And while I do and, believe that you can fuck it up mm-hmm. and you have to. He almost you know, did with his withdrawal. Right. And you exactly. have to appoint the right people. And obviously you have to do the right thing, you know, to a lot of degrees. He does not. Presidents don't deserve as much credit as I think they're looking for. Yeah. And Obama didn't ask for credit he said this is all for the work of the yes. wonderful men and women in uniform yep. more men and women in uniform <laughs> and then uh and if you watched uh kimmel side by side dude. kimmel plays by, side by side speeches from uh obama getting bin laden and uh trump getting Baghdadi, oh and it's God. just so like you, it's like do you ever lose a bunch of weight and you don't realize until you look at a photo of yourself and go wow I lost a bunch of weight because you're with yourself the whole time yeah we've we're the boiling frog we've been sitting in Trump's shit for three years so we don't realize how fucking terrible he is mm-hmm. until you put him side by side sentence by sentence yeah to an actual American president yeah except we're like the boiling frog that the whole time has been like ah, ah, yeah. ah, and then at the end it's like ah, yeah we're not just like he's like he's like the like the bossy guy in a school project who's like trying to boss everyone around and tell everyone what to do but doesn't actually do any of the work himself and then Mm -hmm. wants all the glory at the end i was gonna say that's me until you got to the end part dude fuck (laughs) can you imagine trump being in your class in like a group project no (laughs) i quit just try to pay you to do his work for him and then (laughs) show up at the end and be like i did an excellent job and then and then you bill him and he won't pay you (laughs) yeah that's how How much does he owe the cities he's been hosting rallies over nine million dollars yeah nice nice Mm -hmm. nice no, he owes DC nine million dollars. He owes a hundred million dollars to ten or eleven cities. It's not his money, even. Yeah. He'll spend our money to go golfing, but he won't spend our money for his bills. Like what? Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, and here's the last uh, little bit I want to leave you guys. Oh, anyway, hashtag nationals. Go, go, check them out. Celebrate. Woo. And uh, oh. That's the other thing too. Remember how they booed him when they, when he showed up? Mm-hmm. For some reason, well, not for some reason, but when your team is away, usually they let you into your local ballpark and you watch it on the big screen on the jumbotron. And they were doing that, and then a, a, like during the World Series, Trump had a campaign ad on booed again, just <laughs> booed the whole place. They're like throwing beers at it. Oh God, it's an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's Halloween. Boom. Oh, oh, that makes it better, right? I thought you were doing a booze. Never mind. No, I was saying like ambush. like he was ambushed by the booze from the outside. It's an ambush. Okay, all right. Oh, speaking uh, of Halloween, Halloween again. Uh, if you ever have to explain your jokes, I know, they were <laughs> not good in the first. Place. In one of our um, closed patron communities, we have a Facebook group, and we also now have like a chat room app, which we're testing out. If you're not on Facebook, which a lot of folks aren't, but uh, we had a patron post a picture of their Halloween costume as the Mueller report. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking great. It is. And yeah. she's got on her butt, it says grand jury material. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so great. Juicy. I- I'm going to message her and ask her if we can post it on our social media, if she's okay with that, because it's just- It's so awesome. It's fantastic. It's really great. It is. Tim Dillon dressed up as Jeffrey Epstein's estate. How, what does that Halloween. even look like? It is, it is like, honestly, it looks like some shit in Jerusalem. Which is like his house? Yeah, yeah. Here, let me. I'll show you, and then uh, maybe we can like put it in the newsletter or something. Pending how you. Oh, here it is. Well, we can post it in the forum. Okay. <laughs> let me see. Yeah. He, wow. He dressed as a building. He dressed as <laughs> he the dressed mansion. As a, he dressed as a building with with like exotic birds. These conceptual <laughs> Halloween with costumes exotic are great. Birds. All right, we'll, we'll have to share that with you because you have to see it. Joelle was once graffiti for Halloween when she was 10. I it's remember. my favorite oh, picture. I remember. What? How do you even do that? Right? That's a creative costume. Yes. She's, she's good. You'll have to see it. I think this is what that is. I remember is, when her, right? her and uh, Ethan went as sperm and egg. So oh he's dressed up as a sperm, but she's dressed up as a giant fried over easy egg. Oh my God. And he just kept bonking her. In the <laughs> bonk, bonk. Sperm bonk. 
Uh, sperm, sperm bank. bank. <laughs> Sounds like some weird foreign bank, doesn't it? And Sperm Bank was indicted <laughs> this week for money laundering charges and charged $450 million. <laughs> All right, so, ready for the last thing? Or are you still looking for uh, Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to just find out what I'm looking at, if that is even what it is. It's uh, kind of a hard costume to decipher. Okay. Anyway, it's all right. We'll send it out and you tell us what it is. Okay. (laughs) And our final thing here, Katie Hill gave her last floor speech today. So let me just read the end of that speech and content warning here for abuse and revenge porn. She says, I'm leaving because of the thousands of vile, threatening emails, calls and texts that made me fear for my life and the lives of the people that I care about. Today is the first time I've left my apartment since the photos taken without my consent were released and I'm scared. Uh, I'm leaving uh, because for the sake of my community, my staff, my family, and myself, I can't allow this to continue because I've been told that people were angry when I stood strong after the first article was posted and that they had hundreds more photos and text messages that they would release bit by bit until they broke me down to nothing while they used my faults and my past to distract from the things that matter the most. I'm leaving because there's only one investigation that deserves the attention of this country, and that's the one we voted on today. Today, I ask you all to stand with me and commit to creating a future where there's no this no longer happens to women and girls. Yes, I'm stepping down, but I refuse to let this experience scare off other women who do who dare to take risks, who dare to step into this light, who dare to be powerful. I might it might feel like they won in the short term, but they can't in the long term. We cannot let them. The way to overcome this setback is for women to keep showing up, to keep running for office, to keep stepping up as leaders, because the more we show up, the less power they have. I'm leaving, but we have men who have been credibly accused of intentional acts of sexual violence and remain in boardrooms on the Supreme Court in this very body and worst of all in the Oval Office. So the fight goes on to create the change that every woman and girl in this country deserves here in the halls of Congress. The fight will go on without me, and I trust so many of my colleagues to be strong on this front while I move on to one of the many other battlefields, because we have an entire culture that has to change, and we see it in stark clarity today. The forces of revenge by a bitter, jealous man, cyber exploitation and sexual shaming that target our gender and our large segment of society that fears and hates powerful women have combined to push young women out of power and say that she doesn't belong here. Yet a man who brags about his sexual predation, who has dozens of women come forward to accuse him of sexual assault, who pushes policies that are uniquely harmful to women and who has filled the courts with judges who proudly rule to deprive women of the most fundamental rights to control their own bodies sits in the highest office of the land. And so today, uh, as my last vote, I voted on impeachment proceedings, not just because of corruption, obstruction of justice or gross misconduct, but because of the deepest abuse of power, including the abuse of power over women. Today is my final act. I voted to move forward with the impeachment of Donald Trump on behalf of the women of the United States of America. We will not stand down. We will not be broken. We will not be silenced. We will rise and we will make tomorrow a better day than today. Thank you. And I, I yield the balance of my time for now, but not forever. I can't. Yeah, it makes you cry. <laughs> that little last part. Yeah. It makes me really sad. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I don't think anyone's disagreeing that there was like inappropriate elements to this entire scandal. But the most awful part was, you know, the abuse that she faced. It was so awful. And also, I don't think we talk enough about how horrific revenge porn is and how often it's used against women. I know that it happens to men, too, but in a much smaller percentage, much much like, you know, a lot of abuse against, you know, these situations. It, should, it shouldn't happen to anyone just like rape no, it shouldn't happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. But it, it is. Yes. There's a. It's We're not even. The scales aren't even. Yes, absolutely. And and also, I. I. I want people to look into revenge porn laws in their state because we can, there's legal ways for us to prevent this from happening in future or for people to face some sort of recourse. Because in so many states, that isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And anyway. <laughs> yeah. To make things even worse, to pop it off is going to run for your seat, right? Yeah. And he seemed to tweet that, I don't know how true this is. I'm going to have to look at the timeline, but he seemed to tweet that her seat was going to be available before the revenge porn came out. Yeah, I did see that. And I'm trying to one. I'm trying to wonder. I'm, I'm going to try to wonder. Hang on, everyone. <laughs> okay, I got it. I wonder if he, because this was, these were all released by right wing, alt right websites. And I, I wonder if he had prior, yeah. prior knowledge. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. WikiLeaks. Yeah. That's just so heartbreaking to hear all of that. It's very eloquently written. Yeah. And it's so sad. She had such, such, such a bright future. People were calling her the next Speaker of the House or future Speaker, future Madam Speaker. 
Uh, it, it, it's a shame. It's it's a shame, and 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 I I feel this because like I I'm like I can't ever run for office, not because I'm you know a, a bad person or anything, but because I'm a good person. But things that I do and choose to do in my life might be a target for yeah for others. Yeah. Also, it was really this is just from a purely narcissistic perspective. It was hard to read a lot of comments too about her sexuality because um, bisexual women such as myself get shamed and slut shamed and um demeaned constantly by everyone all the time <laughs> and um um i don't know if a lot of people know this but other than um other than the t in the lgbt spectrum the b um is has according to many studies ha- faces the highest rate of um mental health issues and i think that's because we don't feel accepted anywhere and um and then so, when you do end up in a relationship they they mm-hmm. call you either gay or lesbian. Yes, exactly. Or like you've been lying the whole time yeah. <clears throat> for I, whatever you're not engaging yeah. in. I mean, I joke a lot about like I'm lesbian this and lesbian that, but I'm like a l- loudly and proudly bisexual woman and so reading a lot of the criticisms of her based on her sexuality when that had no merit to the actual part, you know, like m- that her sexuality was not the thing to be um uh, putting under a microscope. Yeah, yeah. So it was just it was it was just hard. This was all so sad, and it was all so hard to watch. And I just I really hope that I hope that she finds another opportunity to be able to serve the country and to do good work. Mm-hmm. And then also the polyamory, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's so much shaming that was involved mm-hmm. in all of this. So yes. many different facets of shaming. This is the reality for a lot of millennials. And Katie Hill is what. 32 or something a lot of millennials are bisexual a lot of millennials are polyamorous and um we're just loving in new ways and different ways and making up our own rules very often and it's just, it was just really hard to seeing seeing that play out that way to the mm-hmm. public and it was just awful and i just I want you're, really you're living the life a lot of people wish they could have lived honestly <laughs> uh, to be fair because of you know that was y- 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 there's so much shaming now there was shaming back then and mm-hmm. so you yeah. know to, it it's it's a brave thing and and it shouldn't have to be you shouldn't have to be brave to be yourself yeah do you know what i mean you should be able to just be like a regular average not brave motherfucker and yeah. be yourself yeah there's also this crazy effort from the right to me to women i think to shove it sort of all of the scrutiny that's much deserved on the general white male in power population they have such like visceral anger and and bitterness about that that the second that there was even remotely a story that they could pursue to any you know with any degree of vitriol they they just took it and ran with it Mm -hmm. yeah i had a lot of uh, uh confrontations with some facebook people about that um democrats too yeah like oh she needs to be held accountable and i thought you believe all victims blah 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 blah. you know and i'm like look this is oh my gosh victims Um, did they say they were assaulted they said that because she's in a position of power it could not have been a a consensual relationship on his part i'm i guess like i mean obviously if someone is saying that then they need to be listened to obviously but everything that i heard did not seem like they were accusing her of being predatory directly. Mm-mm. Did yeah. you read something? I mean, Did as far, anyone, I didn't see anything. I mean, as far as I know, it was a consensual relationship, right? Or everything that she had done was consensual. But the idea, yeah, but they're saying that you can't have consent when you're uh, and a, fucking and a, a staffer. Yeah, I think that it's. I think it's inappropriate, and right. I think that like it's if someone's your subordinate, then yes, like that's something the public can be upset about. And I understand her resigning in light of her having a relationship with the subordinate, but it was. A consensual one right well and this is also dc where i'm sorry but it is like los angeles for politicians it's a bunch of ego heavy and i'm so sorry that i'm saying this <laughs> about like people that we have to trust but 100 percent, a lot of personality there is an element of huge ego and huge personalities and people are having affairs and having relationships with people that are below them left mm-hmm. and right not to say that that is an excuse for the inappropriate nature of it but it is a huge part it's like this this is kind of assuming assuming that this was a relationship with a staffer that's lower than you that is akin to the one that happens rampantly in dc it reminds me of when lance armstrong got busted for doping and it's like dude everybody is doping yeah 
every fucking person is doping. Doesn't make it right, but it right. It doesn't make it right, but it also makes it Can like we have kind of fucked field? up. Yeah, and it kind of makes it really fucked up to like entirely ruin Lance Armstrong's life or try to over For it. Just being competitive. Yeah. Not to say again, not to make that direct comparison. No, that of course, it, you have to do that to be competitive in politics, but just that it's it's so not the offense that and, and, warranted the response. And you know, I mean, if we think about it from the other side, if we have a man in Congress who's having a relationship with a female staffer, um, then you know, you could make the argument you can't have a consensual relationship in that way. So why isn't it the other way around? And my answer is, I don't know, but it's not. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also like... <laughs> it's not weird. I mean, I, I it, it seems double standardy, but like... But she's a, she's a woman, she's a queer woman who is worked incredibly hard, first off, to get this position of power. If you're going to attach your... Like, assuming that the argument is that it's inappropriate to have that relationship because you have... You're wielding, like, a power over someone. It's like... She doesn't even have that much power. She's like fighting every day to have a voice. She's a, she's a queer there. freshman senator that's yeah, polyamorous. So right. She's not a powerful yes, person. Yes. This isn't fucking Bill Clinton, you know? Yeah. Like, I am, if Katie. So I guess, yeah, I guess there's a measure of power, right? Uh, you know, a, a senior or a, you know, a senior a congressman who's been there for 20 years has a relationship with a staffer uh, and is a billionaire and whatever yeah different power dynamic than you know a a freshman polyamorous bisexual bisexual woman yeah Mm -hmm. who's like a triple minority right uh and of course no one wants to talk about that nuance maybe that's it maybe that's why why it seems different to me yeah i think that's why it seems different to me and if she's i don't know somebody compared her to weinstein that's fucking ridiculous (laughs) I'm like, okay, you, look, I will 100% say it's against the rules to have a relationship with your staffer. Sure. Uh, but to compare her to Weinstein? Yeah, Jordan, you pointed out something when we were in Nashville. You you mentioned that you'd seen a tweet which said, I'm glad someone's finally calling out bisexual women for their toxicity or, or something. They said, congrats, <laughs> well, this was a bisexual woman who wrote the tweet saying, okay. congratulations to Katie Hill for being the first bisexual woman to be held accountable for their toxic behavior, saying that like that was a milestone. And she was saying it kind of like tongue in cheek, you know, but her point was that she was engaging in super toxic behavior. And so, yeah, she was like a, mm. a bisexual woman calling out another bisexual woman. What was the toxic behavior? Sleeping with a staffer? Being yeah. polyamorous? Yeah. We, she said, I forget what I read you the tweet, but it was like she used her power to break the staffer's heart and then or to like have an affair and then leave both of them for another person below her ironically or seriously seriously okay whatever yeah (laughs) yeah and ironically that's a hilarious tweet right well and people are totally going to say that we're sitting here talking like double speak or whatever because it's hypocritical but it's it's like when you talk about when you talk about stuff like sexism or you talk about stuff like racism it's all within the context of the established power dynamics that already are there. Yeah, they they, they don't exist in a vacuum, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. That's such a good point. You can't say congressman, staffer, no consent. You have to put it in context and then you have to put it in the context of the power dynamic that already exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Stay strong, Katie Hill. Yeah. This episode's for you. Yeah. Everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reader. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reader. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.